So this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Dawson Wise, and Max Pennell joining you on a Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. A big weekend of sports ahead of us. We'll be here to break it all down. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join our Friday edition of Overtime. Uh, later on in the hour, we'll talk about the Diamond Vols starting their quest to Omaha tonight. Uh, and this weekend, we'll dive into um, some of our expectations for the season, uh, what we can expect from the offense, and, and some X factors to this year's team. As always, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour as well. So a lot to stay tuned here for on this first hour. But first, let's dive into the Vols taking on Vandy on Saturday. The eighth-ranked Tennessee Vols are back in Knoxville for a matchup with Vanderbilt Saturday night at Food City Center. Tip-off is slated for 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Saturday's game between the Vols, who come in at 18-6 and 8-3 and and in SEC play, um, coming off a dominant win over Arkansas. Um, and the Commodores, 7-17 uh, and 17 overall, 2-9 and nine in SEC play. However, they're coming off a big win against A&M this past week. Um, and the Vols, 92-63, dominant win over Arkansas Wednesday night. Uh, the Vols led for over 35 minutes and by as many as 32 points, find a 23-point, 12-rebound double-double by junior forward Jonas Adu, who led all players in both categories. The Volunteers won 75-62 at Vanderbilt um, late January. That's their most recent matchup, uh, where Don Connect, Scored 32 points on 13 of 21 shooting to help Tennessee come back from a nine-point deficit with under 105 left in the first half. Five UT players had nine-plus points, while only two Commodores hit that figure. A quick Kim Palm breakdown for you real quick. Uh, Tennessee, number six overall, 15th in adjusted offense, sixth in adjusted defense. Vanderbilt, uh, a very different number overall, 198 um, and then 199 in adjusted offense, 212 in adjusted defense. This team is uh, the, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, guys, we'll bring everyone in here. Keys to the game for the balls. Max, we'll begin with you. You know, I think it's kind of just continuing what happened the last 40 minutes in Fayetteville. It's a similar kind of matchup where you get an inferior team. We saw when Tennessee went to Nashville last month, kind of a slow start, had it claw themselves out of a hole in the second half, was able to win somewhat comfortably. But, you know, we saw what a good start did 
at Arkansas completely negates the crowd. Now that you're at home, a good start can really get the crowd energized, kind of deflate Vanderbilt. LSU was a similar type matchup at home. We did that. There's a little spell in the middle to late of the second half that allowed them to get back in the game somewhat. But I think, you know, if you start fast, that's a big key for me. Another thing I think as well is we really limited our turnovers the first time we played Vanderbilt. Only seven. That's something I'm keeping an eye on. They're, you mentioned how poor they are defensively. Take care of the ball. Don't give them easy, fast-break opportunities, free points to stay in the game, stay out of foul trouble. Those are kind of the things when you're playing an inferior opponent you got to take care of because it allows them to get free, easy looks at the basket. No deja vu. You don't want to start slow. Uh, you started slow in this game uh, a few weeks ago. Don't do that again. Uh, don't don't make every every one of us watching the game sweat. Yes. Uh, don't make yourself sweat. Uh, get get a quick start. You're on home floor. Uh, I mean, this this should not be one of those that you're in this game in the second half mm-hmm. where it's a very close game. So don't don't do that again. Just throw the first punch. Don't leave any doubt. Take care of your business. We talk about that all the time. Uh, rebounding. Get better on the glass. Just mm-hmm. keep getting better on the glass. Uh, the A and M game. Uh, striking difference in rebounding. Uh, we don't want to see that again. Just keep getting better. This is a team that's not going to out-rebound you, um, but just make efforts to get better. This is a, an opportunity. you got a good schedule coming up, so use this game as an opportunity to get better uh, on that end. Last thing for me is offensive experiments. Try some things tonight, if you or tonight, tomorrow night. Uh, get out to a, a big lead and then start trying some stuff. Just yeah. see what works. Sure. Bring back the pick and roll. I know we talked about the pick and roll a lot mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Bring it back. Uh, they've gone away from it a little bit start to bring that back try some different stuff try some different passing lanes um, find some more stuff that works to get everybody involved yeah my first thing is home cooking uh playing at home where uh, tennessee has played well this season only one blemish to south carolina um opportunity to continue a lot of that momentum you had against arkansas where you were dominant in that second half continue that um in this matchup against vanderbilt who is not as good as you are, uh, struggles defensively, um, struggles to get any offensive flow going. This is an opportunity to get another big win at home. Um, so home cooking is my first one. Uh, second thing, make sure you do a good job defending their guards, um, defending the perimeter. Um, in that first matchup, uh, Lawrence and, uh, what is it, Ezra uh, Ezra Manjohn uh, both had really big nights, uh, combined for 35 points making sure to key in on those guys. Don't let them get hot from the perimeter. This is not a very deep Vanderbilt team, not a very talented team, uh, but those guys have caused some problems in the past in this matchup, so making sure you key in on them. Uh, Finally, uh, I know I beat this like a dead horse, but make sure you get these other guys involved. Um, An opportunity against an inferior team at home, opportunity for home cooking. Let's get it going. Let's get these other guys involved as well. That carries momentum now and into the rest of the season. Um, These next four games um, is something I've talked about a couple times. Very important in handling your business. Um, This this is a matchup against a team that's not good. Make sure you handle business at home. Um, Let's talk about um, in the previous matchup, Tyron Lawrence, Ezra Mangin, two guys I just mentioned, combined for 35. Uh, What can the Vols take away from their first matchup in, in Nashville to better affect Vanderbilt's guards? Max? You know, I think you just got to throw some different looks at them, different matchups as well. You know, you can't trot out the same experiment and expect the different results. So I think that's first and foremost. You know, maybe, you know, pressure them a little more on screens, go over and try and hedge them a little bit, get a big man out kind of on top of them as well to blo- uh, block their passing lanes. Uh, those are two things I think that just kind of take a guard out of their comfort zone. It doesn't allow them to get in flow or at least later in the shot clock. Um, it forces them. But those are two things to me that I think are simple fixes. Another thing as well, 
um, and I mentioned it. I, I think also, you know, limiting turnovers, we did that well last game, and I know they still had good games, but I just think that's another thing where if you can make them play in the half court against our defense, we're going to force some some tougher looks than if you get them running up and down the court. Sure. So those are a couple things I think are just easy fixes, especially I think hedging with your big men on screens to just kind of force them to get rid of the ball. Well, it feels like kind of the opposite of what we've been saying in terms of getting the paint defense to be better. Yeah. It's now you lock down the paint. Before I said lock down the perimeter and make them come inside, do the opposite thing this time. Uh, make, make them shoot from outside. Lock down the paint. Don't let them get inside so you don't have to respect that as much mm-hmm. uh, and make them take those, I won't say desperation shots, but make them see, realize, okay, we got to climb out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes hand-in-hand in hand with getting a good start. Get a good start. Get out to a double-digit lead. Make them have to shoot threes to get back in the game, uh, and it just automatically makes your defense a little bit better. You can take a little bit of the pressure off. Know your personnel. Know your assignments. Be willing to switch, move around, fly around. Uh, That's something we've seen them struggle with, uh, giving up open looks. Don't give up more than three or four, about the season average Mm -hmm. for this team. Make them uncomfortable. Do it early, and I think you'll have success there. Yeah, looking at a couple numbers here for this Vanderbilt offense, Three-point percentage, 28-and-a-half. Um, that's 347th in the country. Uh, Two-point percentage, 47.2. That's 296 in the country. This team's not going to make a lot of shots, but I think the key is, especially in that first game, you had a lot of open looks that you allowed for Vanderbilt, especially in the corner. Um, so that's something I look for in this game. Don't give open shots up. Um, if you contest it enough, these guys are uh, – it's not like they're shooting the, the jeans off the ball. This team struggles. So – um, making sure you know where your personnel is and not giving up open shots. I think that's the biggest key, um, especially to take a couple of these guards who've had success, uh, forcing them to the paint, forcing them to take shots they don't necessarily want to take, but you cannot afford to give open looks like you've at times struggled with this year. Um, Vanderbilt ranks overall 342nd in effective field goal percentage and 347th in three-point percentage like I just mentioned. Um, is the Vols defense the bigger, biggest factor in this game, Max? Yeah, I think that's kind of the, the recipe to success here. You saw when we played them last time, once the second half began, really clamped down defensively, held them to 62 points total. If you keep them in the 60s, pretty confident knowing their defensive metrics that this offense will put up enough points to win somewhat comfortably. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the, the easiest path to victory in this one is you keep their scoring down, like you mentioned. Don't give them open looks, like I said. Don't give them free baskets at the foul line, etc. Um, I, I really think if you keep them really even under like 73, should be in good shape to win this game. Um, and I also, I've, I feel like with this team as well, we noticed in the Arkansas game, good defense turns into better offensive looks. Mm-hmm. They get out and transition a little more when you're getting stops, etc. So those two things also kind of go hand in hand with, uh, you know, Beating them, get stops, and it also get easier looks for your offense and let guys like connect, run, and transition a little more. Yeah, it has to be, I think. It has to be where you put your focus as well. Uh, it's a team that has been good defensively. That's where you made your money the past couple of years, but uh, it's slipped a little bit as the offense has gotten better. So use tonight as an opportunity to get better. The offense is going to be fine. Uh, they're not going to struggle on home floor. Mm-hmm. They haven't all year, uh, and there's no reason to believe they're going to do so against a Vanderbilt team ranked in the low hundreds in defensive efficiency. So don't worry about offense. That's going to roll just fine. Put your focus on your defense. Play physical. Stay out of foul trouble. Do the things we've been talking about, but build that into something consistent because they haven't shown yet 
quite yet that it's been a consistent thing. So play physical, stay out of foul trouble, and, and make defense the focus. Yeah, I think defense is the biggest factor in this one. Uh, even if your offense doesn't get as hot as you were in that second half against Arkansas, I think if you're able to lock down defensively, um, this team and Vanderbilt's not good enough to um, get that production on the defensive side of the ball um, to prevent Tennessee from um, continuing to make shots. So I think if the Vols want to win, you've got to take Vanderbilt's offense completely out, and I think that really makes the game one-dimensional where Tennessee just has to make their shots and make their plays with the better players offensively. Um, so I think defense is the b biggest factor in this one, um, and I, I think it's when you look at the two – uh, comparisons of these teams, I think that kind of screams and jumps off the board. Y'all see the line on it? I, I've not. What is it? 21 and a half. That, that yeah. was a little steep for – I, I would have thought some more like the 15-16 range. Yeah. But yeah, not saying that we won't cover. It's just I was a little alarmed when uh, I saw yeah. that number. Those are those are UConn kind of numbers. Yes. Uh, UConn-DePaul. DePaul. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think they won 104 to 63 or 65, yeah, something, something like that. that. Um, anyway. Let, let's, I had uh, UConn, no big deal. We, I, let's, let's hope we can put up 100 points. That'd be fun. 160 That would be win. fun. That'd be, yeah. that'd be nice. Um, let's see. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. Um, uh, stay on the line if you're uh, calling in. We appreciate your call. Uh, let's talk about Dawn Connect real quick. Um, put up 27.8 points per game over the last 10 contests. Um, if Connect, that's a pretty cool note here, Connect scores 16-plus points against Vanderbilt on Saturday, he'd be the fourth player in the last 13 years to hit that mark in at least 11 straight SEC games in a single season. The people he would join, that's Cameron Thomas from LSU. Sundaria, Anthony Davis? Uh, no, Sundarius Thornwell is one of them. There's one more. Do you want to guess? What school? Uh, LSU. Skylar Mays? No, not traditionally known for his scoring. Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. <laughs> Cameron Thomas and Darius Thornwell, Ben Simmons would be the company he would join. Uh, should we expect a big night from DK tomorrow? Yes, but I also think kind of similar to some other games where, you know, Arkansas, he played well, I think 22 points. If he wanted to, he could have gotten to 30, but it was just the game flow didn't really allow it. If this game follows the, the spread, you know, it's 20-plus point win, I just don't think he's going to get enough minutes to – you know, put up some 35, 40 point game in this one. But I expect him to be efficient, which is, you know, it doesn't matter how many minutes you get. I expect him to shoot well from the field, get to the line. He is so good at getting to the free throw line and converting at the line as well. I would probably, my guess, my expectation, I guess, would be probably 24 points would be about what I put for connect. And that's probably in 32 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. Efficient, I think, is more the word we're looking for than a flashy night, per se, uh, because when he goes, the team goes, and you can only do so much when, when your teammates are going as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you can facilitate the offense a little bit more, uh, you can maybe add some some assists to that, maybe add some rebounds to that, maybe play well defensively, build a stat sheet that way. Yeah. Uh, make it a big night in that regard rather than putting up a big flashy number uh, in terms of points. Uh, he can score at all three levels. We've seen it. He especially does it at home. He's outstanding at home. Um, so we'll, we'll see what he does tonight. Uh, again, I don't expect huge things, but I don't think we need that anymore at this point in the year. Uh, I'd like to see him fill the stat sheet other ways, though. Yeah, and, and that's what exactly what he did in that Arkansas game. Three blocks, yep. two steals, um, great numbers from him. I, I do expect a big night for him. I think the, uh, the matchup just favors Connect being able to kind of have his way here, um, especially at home um, where he's been great all season long. 
Um, I think if, if Tennessee's able to get steals and cause turnovers and get out and transition as well, that opens up a lot of avenues uh, for Connect to get involved uh, that way as well. So I do expect a big night from him. But as you said, Dawson, would love to see him fill the stat sheet up in some other categories. Would love to see him active on the defensive side of the ball again, um, like he was against Arkansas. Would love to see that again tonight. Um, in the win over Arkansas, junior guard Jordan Ganey produced 17, one shy of his career high, on a stellar 6-of-8 clip from the field, 2-of-3 from deep. Fifth-year guard Josiah Jordan James added 12 points, shooting 4-of-7 from the floor and a perfect 3-of-3 three three from the line. This is a great opportunity tonight for the role players to get involved once again. Max? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we mentioned how Connect doesn't really have to have as big of a role in this one because of the opponent. And just like the Arkansas game, it's an opportunity for guys that – you know, aren't aren't taking as many shots regularly with Connect having a bigger impact, et cetera, to, uh, you know, put up good performance. I also look for guys, you know, Dawson mentioned it at the, the top of the hour, guys like J.P. Estrella, you know, you mentioned trying new things offensively. I yeah. think you can try some new rotations, get some guys some work yeah. that uh, in SEC play have been limited to, you know, mop-up duty. A guy like J.P. Estrella, maybe some extended minutes for Freddie DeLone. He looked solid in the uh, few minutes he got in Fayetteville on Wednesday. Um, that's something I really am looking for. You know, Ganey, Meshack, Josiah, you know, against Vanderbilt, I expect them to have decent performances. I'm more looking for, does a guy like J.P. Estrella or Cameron Carr or Freddie DeLone come off the bench and, you know, in seven, eight minutes of work provide a spark that says, hey, maybe we should give him a longer look in a more competitive matchups. Yeah, I agree. Big, big opportunity again tonight. Again, you see the schedule that's coming up. You see the postseason looming closer, too. You're going to need some of those guys. Uh, along with your, your, your Zieglers, your Adus, your, your James, your Gainies. Uh, so give them opportunities tonight or tomorrow night. Again, mm-hmm. I keep forgetting the game's not tonight. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big step forward for, the, for those four the past couple weeks, really, especially. Uh, but g- give them some run. But then, yeah, like I said, try some things. Try some new lineups. Get some guys out there that aren't going to get a lot of time maybe in those bigger games unless they show something in these next four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's – the big one for me tonight is, is Santiago Viscovi. I know we harp on this yeah. all the time, but, man, uh, he's he's waiting a while to show back up this year. Uh, will he show back up is now the question. Uh, t- tomorrow night, big opportunity for him to do that. And yeah. He's back in front of his home fans. It's not a great Vanderbilt team. If it's a confidence issue, get that back. Uh, if it's just a, you know he's been off shooting, mm-hmm. give him the ball. Let him shoot it, especially if you get a lead. Just let him shoot the rock and try to get this back because, man, we're, we're getting to the point where it looks like he may never uh, bounce out of whatever slump yeah. this is. I would really like to see Vescovy get going. Uh, Dawson, as we were talking about the Arkansas game, my prediction was I had a feeling that Vescovy was going to have a big night. Did not see it. Maybe it was just uh, forthcoming that it would be this sometime <laughs> this week. Uh, let's hope he gets involved. Let's head to the phones, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We've got Roberto on the line. What's up, Roberto? What's up, guys? Good evening. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm outstanding. Thanks for asking. It's a wonderful yeah. day to be alive and well in East Tennessee. Sure it beats is. the hell out of Tuscaloosa and Gainesville. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, basically, really quick, uh, DK throwing up 16 tomorrow night and, and setting the record, like you were saying, that it's only been four guys have done in the last, what was it, 11 years, you said? Yeah, uh, yeah. since 2011. Oh, so, oh, so, so Thir- 13, 13 years. 13 years, yeah, 13. I mean, if that doesn't scream he's SEC Player of the Year, I don't know what does. He should be. I don't know what does. I mean, he's just been so consistent in SEC play, and the only reason he wasn't leading into SEC play or even early on 
and didn't have Morris because he he clearly was hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I just think I just think that yeah, I, I have such Zach Eady fatigue. I hope everybody else does too. Yeah, I, I, and and I hope the Dalton yeah. Connect slides in there and wins National Player of the Year. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Well, he's he's got an opportunity over these next four games. I think, um, especially with A and M coming back home. Uh, and, and, you know, facing them off at Food City Center. I think you have the opportunity there um, to have a bounce-back game from him. As they what if he throws up a 50-burger tomorrow night I, by himself? If he did that, then that would uh, definitely get some attention around the, the college basketball world. Um, and, and as I said, yeah. he, he's got the opportunity to. I think um, Vanderbilt, even in that first matchup. Is awful. Yeah. Defensively, they're awful. Yeah, struggled to, to find a way to stop him. So, um, you know, 32 on the road. What does that mean he can do at home now against this team? Funny is he's better on the road than he is at home, though. Strangely, it's almost like he shoots better in other environments. Maybe, really I kind of like it. Sometimes. I kind of like that. Maybe he feeds off the uh, the, the crowd energy, kind of you know, uh, not wanting to see him succeed, gives him a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't know. <laughs> Likes being the villain. Yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know, but he walked in. He walked into Memorial down in Nashville, and as he walked off the court, he pointed at the court, pointed at his chest, and said, "This is my court." There we did go. Did you ever nice. see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That is so next level. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, um, I mean, I love that he hates Vanderbilt like we hate Vanderbilt. Yeah, you know, but he needs to go off. He needs to go off against a big time opponent like Kentucky. Well, you got or a, like you got Auburn. Uh, Auburn at home, and I think that's if that was going to be, um, you know, if there was ever a moment to, and you got Bam on the road too. Let's not yeah, forget that. Yeah, um, but I, I think you know playing at home against that Auburn team, I think gives you a really big opportunity. Now, as he's been good yep. on the road, that Alabama game screams a, a good moment for him as well. So. Mm-hmm. He's got if a couple he has, opportunities. If he has three more 30-point games, he might just win National Player of the Year. How about that? There's a hot take. I don't if see he has them, three more 30-point games. Whether it's justified or not, I don't see them take – I think it's Zach Eady's award to lose. And as much as I can't stand the guy, I do think he's very good for college basketball, that there's someone that's Zach that – Zach Eady? Yes, that there's someone that's that – polarizing and well-known at college basketball. It's not a one-and-done. Well, the only reason he's polarizing is a 7-4 goon. He's yeah, just a goon. He's but, not athletic at all. But a lot of times, guys as dominant as him leave after a year or two, and we don't get them in the sport for four or I mean, five years. But he's not even he's not even projected to be a first-rounder at this point, no, right? No. Like he's no. fringe first-rounder. I mean, like he's like dollar store Yao Ming. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't. Um, I, if I were an NBA team, I wouldn't draft him personally. I think that's no. Everybody. He's slow. He doesn't play good defense. And and by defense, I mean he's seven foot four. So of course he leads the nation in blocks more than likely because he's seven foot four. I don't. Um, I don't and of think course he leads in rebounding because he's seven foot four. Yeah, I don't think his touch around the rims that great either. Um, especially not. if he were to get into the NBA. Uh, can you imagine Joel yeah. Embiid matching up against him? <laughs> It'd be a joke. It'd yeah. be a joke. Ninety percent of the centers in that league would eat him for lunch. Yeah, he. Uh, um, but yeah. well, I didn't want that. Wasn't actually the reason for my call was to bash on Dollar Store Yao Ming. But I, I, you know, I, I think the other thing is I'm just so excited about this baseball team. I cannot believe this season is finally here. I know this team has so much potential. We've got to find if we find a third starter, guys. Tennessee immediately vaults about another three or four places for me yep. into into national prominence, as in top three in the country. I think so too. Uh, if we can find that third starter early, early on, and get that three man rotation set, do you guys? This is my only question. And I'll dump with this. Do you guys find it strange that Beam is going tomorrow, not tonight? Um, I I don't know. I, I didn't think it was strange. Um, I mean, I mean, both guys have experience. Um. 
I, I pro- He's your ace, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I projected Beam to start uh, on Friday. When we talked about it last week, we assumed that Beam would be the starter tonight. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal, though. Um, I mean, okay. I, Dawson, what do you say? Uh, I figured Beam would go tonight as well, but I, I kind of like that we're getting Russell tonight. I like kind of throwing him to the flames a little bit. You yeah. know, hey, it's opening day, and we're trusting you to get the ball. I like that a lot. They have a lot of faith in him. Tony's got a lot of faith in that kid. It, so uh, I'm excited to see yeah, him tonight gonna, against a ranked okay. team, too. That's, yeah. that's going to be really fun to see. Do you think it's because they think Russell has better stuff? No, not necessarily. I don't think so. I think they think Russell has better stuff because he does have better stuff. It, it might I mean, be similar to last year. Division one recruited baseball pitcher. I mean, he has better stuff. Because last year, Dolander was the Saturday guy mm-hmm. until, what, the midpoint of the season? And then they switched it. So maybe it would be a similar No, that was – that was uh, – I thought that was year. I thought that was the year before. Dolly yeah, was year, was the Burns, Friday guy every the Friday guy game last year. year. I thought Burns was the Friday guy at the start of the year before they moved him to the bullpen. So that's why I'm wondering if okay. I, I'm not saying Russell moved the bullpen, but more just well, they, they did, did the same thing with Dolander. They did the same thing with Dolander the year before they too. Did, yes. And then, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, again, I think that AJ Russell has better movement. He may not have the, the higher velo, but he has better movement on his fastball, on his two-seamer for sure. I don't know. Maybe that's just my assessment and watching him. Yeah. Um, and, man, I'm just so pumped we finally have catchers. That's the yeah, best thing right. about this yeah. whole team is yeah. we have a platoon of catchers. Yeah. Guys, have a great night. And you as well. Thank you so much for calling in, Roberto. Let's head back to the phones here. We've got Bruce on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? Great. Hey, uh... Thanks for keeping uh, me up to date on all the sports. Uh, I have to tell you, I'll do a great job, and uh, I, I have become addicted to your your uh, your talk show. But uh, anyway, so I, I have a, a couple of uh, points tonight. I haven't heard anything uh, lately, uh, or even I mean, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But this uh, NCAA uh, lawsuit uh, that's uh, going against Tennessee. I think there was something uh, like last Tuesday or this past Tuesday in in, uh, in state court. Uh, what, what's the update on that? Yeah, really no major updates, really just a hearing. Um, I, I, this thing's going to move very slowly. Um, and a lot of people uh, were asking me this week, would, you know, is, is Nico going to be suspended for the year, yada, yada, yada. I, a lot of this stuff I don't think will even be settled out till well after the season's over. These things take a while, and especially with the way the NCAA goes about things, um, they're very slow. So this process could take a while, and the hear, it was just a hearing, um, so they haven't even really started anything concrete yet. Okay, okay, good. Uh, and so I heard you all kind of talk uh, this week about uh, Grant Williams. Uh, where's Grant playing now, or is he is he even playing? Uh, what, what's the status on him? Uh, they traded, so he was playing for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, signed a contract this year. Um, however, pretty big contract, yes, that as well. Yeah, um, a pretty healthy contract. Didn't end up working out. Um, was traded to Charlotte, um, his hometown. He plays for the Hornets now, um, where they've won. I think they've won three in a row with him in the lineup. So um, he he seems to like it. He was asked. Um, what's it like to play here in Charlotte? And he goes, you know, it's um, I like it a lot. It's fun to play where I'm from. Um, and it's also fun and enjoyable to play with a team that plays for the uh, name on the front of their jersey and not the back, kind of taking a shot at his former teammate Luka Doncic possibly um, because it was reported that the relationship with Williams in the locker room wasn't great um, by the time they parted ways in Dallas. Um, but he's playing 
as a, a valuable role piece uh, for the Hornets. Now, they're not a great team, okay. but he's there now. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, I, I think he's a great player. He's a great asset to Tennessee when he was here. So so one last thing, uh, and I'll hang up. Uh, but uh, I've been monitoring. Well, oh, oh, let me go back. So tomorrow night, I, I think tomorrow night is uh, a good night to go and just sit back and enjoy. I, I think the balls pretty much uh, take care of business. But I have been monitoring uh, this orange on uh, – uh, on Coach Barnes, uh, I did see him wearing white the other night with a little orange uh, Tennessee on uh, logo on him. Uh, what are we going to need to do to get get him uh, some orange going? And I'll hang up and listen to you. Okay, I appreciate the call, Bruce. So we actually had a caller last week. Uh, Tr was asking the same question. Um, yeah, Rick Barnes. Uh, I guess in the A and M game after we had the Tr call, uh, he was wearing black, and that was one of the colors that Tr really did not like, but. Um, I, I, you know, I guess it's a, a wardrobe thing. I don't know if they have an orange pullover, um, but you know that goes back to the, you know, why are they still wearing pullovers? I, I think it looks a lot more professional to wear a coat and tie and an orange tie, um, which he did used to wear. He used to wear an orange tie, um, but I, I think I don't know if they're required by Nike to wear those uh, outfits. You see, no, I think it's a COVID. Th- you know, kind well, of yeah. relaxed rule that's just stuck. It's stuck around. So I, whenever I see a college basketball coach in a suit, immediate like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Just because I, that's <laughs> like Rick Pitino still wears like a full, you know, tailored suit. His whole staff does. I'm like, that guy. I mean, seventy some. So he's been in the game a while. You'd think Rick Barnes would kind of have that same yeah. mentality. I guess he just likes the the comfort of a pullover. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna. I guess we'll have to. If Rick listens to to our show, we'll have to tell him, you know, hey, Rick, put on some more on orange. Some orange. Um, our, our listeners want to see it, and they need it. Um, but uh, I, I, guess, I guess I guess that's all we can do, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Diamond Vols starting their quest to Omaha. Stay right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it all at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. 
Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. Back here on Overtime on a Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Time to move over from the hardware to the diamond where the Tennessee Vols begin their quest to Omaha tonight in Arlington, Texas as the number five or nine ranked. uh, There's so many polls out there. There's a ton of polls. Kind of pick and choose which one you want to go off of. Whichever one we're highest in. We'll say (laughs) the the number five Tennessee Vols. That's Arlington, (laughs) Texas tonight. Um, to begin its 2024 season at the Schreier, or Shriners uh, Children's College Showdown at Globe Life Field. Uh, the Volunteers will square off against three Big 12 foes in this weekend's tournament in Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Texas Tech is ranked 18 or 21, whatever, whatever one you want to have. Um, UT played Oklahoma and Baylor the last time it appeared in the Shriners Children's event, as well defeating both teams at the 2022 Shriners Children College Classic in Houston. Uh, the projected starters, as we talked about with Roberto, um, A.J. Russell, uh, Russell, right-handed pitcher, um, expected to start tonight against Texas Tech, taking on right-handed um, Kyle Robinson for the, uh, the Red Raiders. Um, on Saturday, we'll get Drew Beam, another right-handed pitcher, taking on Brendan Gerton uh, for the Sooners. Now, Sunday is still to be determined uh, for both teams. Um, we do not know who will be the starter um, for the Vols, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the week. Uh, a couple of options. You've got Seacrest, uh, a guy that was a midweek starter last year. Uh, a couple of transfers from Wichita State and Jacksonville State. Also some nice freshman talent. Um, I project and we projected Seacrest will probably get the ball. Um, being the guy that started midweek last year, has a little bit more experience. We expect him, but uh, at this time we do not know. Um, but in terms of expecting, what are the expectations for this season. Max, we'll begin with you. You know, I think the bar's been set by Tony Vitello for better or for worse to get to Omaha, and, you know, that's a high bar, but that's a good place to be. You know, you look at the top college baseball programs, that's their expectation as well. And, you know, I think once you get to Omaha, there, you know, the expectation for me is just to get there, and then when you get there, whatever happens, happens. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot. You'll see teams go on runs that probably aren't one of the best eight teams in the country, et cetera. But that's my expectation. I think there's plenty of talent. I would argue this team's more talented than last year coming into the season. You know, last year we were trying to replace eight starters, I believe, in the lineup. Uh, A lot more of a returning core on this year's team. Also picked up some huge assets in the portal. Hopefully they hit well. You know, some of the guys last year that were acquired via the portal weren't as prolific as we thought they would be. Um, But 
that that to me is the expectation. I think that's the team and you know everyone around the program's expectation because of what they've done under Vitello in recent years. In terms of the early season, get a strong start. Last year's team started really slow mm-hmm. uh, until about midseason, even towards the end of the year. A lot of us didn't even think this, that that team was going to make Omaha mm-hmm. until about the last three or four weeks of the season. So start strong. You're playing a really good non-conference weekend here to open the year. It's the second time you're back at this specific tournament. You're playing two teams again that you've already seen. You've beaten them in the past already in, in, in very recent memory. Uh, so start strong. Uh, this is, this, you know, use these non-conference opportunities to, to start well because last year you didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and you had to recover. You had to dig out of a hole. Don't mm-hmm. dig out of a hole. Do like you did two years ago. Start trying to play well the whole year. Uh, compete for an SEC title is on there as well. Florida is loaded. We've talked about that yes. already. Yeah. Um, but compete for the title. You should be at least near the top. Make that Florida series scrappy mm-hmm. uh, later on when we get to conference play. Make that series tough on them. Um, and it, at least be second in the SEC, I think, by the time we get to Hoover. Everybody else, I'm, I think we can rank Tennessee above. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU lost a lot in a terms lot, of their yeah. starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, Vandy lost a lot as well, uh, and they took a step backwards last year. So you should be second at the very least um, but compete for the SEC title and then make it back to Omaha. Yeah, Max said it. You set the standard at this point. The bar is to make it back, and anything less after two trips in three years is going to feel like the disappointment. So – Get back and see what happens. Maybe win a few games this time. You won, you won a couple games last year. So take another step, get back to Omaha, and take a really talented team to the ceiling that we know they can get to. Yeah, I think the expectations, and as you mentioned, Max, for better or worse, are to make it to Omaha under Tony Vitello. I think um, what Vitello has done over the last couple of years has been really good for Tennessee. Um, has put a ton of life into a baseball program that – you know, a couple of years ago, wasn't really uh, talked about. wasn't really it was dead. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't really alive at all. Now you have the expectations each season uh, to compete and be one of the best teams in the SEC, and if if not the country. So um, I think you you know uh, raise a great point in starting the season off hot. Something they did not do last year, uh, losing to Arizona and Grand Canyon early on. Um, have an opportunity tonight against a ranked Texas Tech team. Set the tone. Set the bar early. Uh, of what this Tennessee team is going to bring. Um, we know what this offense is capable of, returning a lot of infield guys, um, adding Cannon Peebles in. Um, that's a really good uh, two through five right there in the lineup. Uh, could be one of the better ones in the SEC and, and the country. Um, so I think you've got all the intangibles to have a really good squad, and I think the expectations, we know how good Florida is, but to compete for the SEC championship and also to compete and, and possibly make a run to Omaha, I think are the – the reasonable expectations for this team. Now, I talk about that offense, and UT has been one of the nation's most prolific home run hitting teams over the past three seasons, leading all NCAA Division I programs with 382 long balls during that span. Uh, the Big Orange blasted 126 home runs in 2023, which is the second highest tally in program history and ranked sixth in the country. Tennessee also hit 98 in 2021. The Vols went deep in 53 of their 66 games last season with 36 multi-homer performances on the year. Uh, what can we expect from this Vols offense this season, Max? You know, as long as they're playing in Lindsey Nelson, they're going to put up uh, video game numbers. I mean, the dimensions in that place certainly aid those stats, not to take away from them, but, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why when you get to Omaha, it's such a big adjustment because the dimensions are so much deeper and you got to be a little more small ball oriented. But, I mean, this lineup's really good. There's less question marks, like I was saying, than it felt like coming into last season. You get a guy like Billy Amick out of the portal who is a, you know, 
rock-solid starter guy, rate in uh, 2023 over a 1,200 OPS, which is just video game-like numbers. Yeah, it's insane. Cannon Peebles, also a guy who had terrific numbers, especially for a catcher. I mean, his OPS was above 1,100, which is insane for a catcher. Now, there are some questions about his defense a little bit. He only caught nine games last year, but I think – at the catcher position at the college level, you're willing to take the trade off a little bit defensively for some good offense, especially knowing what Tennessee went through at that position last year uh, with Cal Stark and Charlie Taylor, where they were basically non-factors mm-hmm. offensively, yeah. putting it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then you got guys that you know are proven commodities in Christian Moore, uh, excuse me, uh, Dylan Dryling as well. Uh, two guys that I think also. You know, have proven at the SEC level as well that they can do it on a regular basis. Uh, Hunter Ensley, I think, is a guy that also last year was kind of an unsung part of that lineup t- towards the bottom a little bit more. I think he'll have another productive season. So there's plenty of offensive talent to go around. And like I said, playing Lindsey Nelson is certainly going to help these guys uh, build up their confidence, I guess. Yeah, this is probably the most fun meet of the order I think this team has had, even under Vitello, and that includes years he had Beck and Gilbert hitting in the 3-4 spots. Um, but, man, this 2-5 through five punch I think is probably better than almost anyone in the country yeah. with more Burke, Amick, Peebles slated to be your 2-5 through five hitters mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, have not seen the lineup card yet. It's coming out soon, I would imagine. But those guys will hit 2-5. through five. They're going to be explosive. Man, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, they're going to rake all year, especially, like we said, playing in a hitter's park, more or less, uh, with the short dimensions at Lindsey Nelson. Um, but they need to get started the right way. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what we're getting out of a few of these guys yeah. going into tonight, so have them be your guaranteed rock-solid hitters and get your offense off to a good start. Uh, but for the new guys, we'll see if we can get a statement. Dylan Dryling, he's been there before. Uh, Kavaris Tears, huge opportunity for him this yeah. year to jump in the lineup. He's got a great bat as well. Uh, Hunter Inslee had some some run last year. Have him take another step forward. Uh, but then it's the guys that we haven't seen. Uh, Villeneuve, I think, is the expected designated hitter tonight. We'll see again when that lineup card comes out. Uh, and then Bradkey Laurie gets to start at second yes. base, a guy that hit well in his two years of JUCO ball. Mm-hmm. So will he translate to the SEC and into the uh, D1 level? We'll have to wait and see. We'll get to see tonight. Uh, against a really good Texas Tech pitching staff, so we'll see how he translates. But if those guys all translate, man, it's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Who, who do you pitch to? One yeah. through nine, ultimately, who do you pitch to? Uh, it's a great problem to have. <laughs> that yeah. You have everybody that can hit. Um, it's a matchup nightmare for pitchers, and I can't wait to see what we get. Yeah, I think you know what you're getting from your infield offensively. You know uh, Christian Moore, Burke, uh, Amick, uh, and then Peebles as well. You know what you're going to get through those guys. I think the biggest question mark would be what do you get from your outfield guys, the tiers, um, has a, a ton. I mean, he has the opportunity to be a big hitter for this team. Oh, absolutely. Um, All he does is hit line drives. Yeah. Like, his exit velo is yeah, through screaming the Screaming line <laughs> yes. drives, yeah. Um, so, I think the biggest question mark would, would be um, out of that group. And but I think when you look at the offense overall, returning a bunch of guys that have been uh, big-time hitters over the past couple of years is really big. Bringing in a guy like Amick who's going to add to that offense. Bringing in a guy like Peebles who's going to add to it. Um, I think we can expect this offense to be as good or on par with what we've seen over the last couple of years. I think you did a really good job of reloading. Uh, and now as we go into the question marks, my biggest question mark, um, and we talked about it last week, is that outfield. Um, a little bit inexperienced, uh, haven't um, seen as big many big moments from that group um, compared to what we've seen from the infield. Um, so uh, my, 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 my guy we were talking about the other day of, of who could be that kind of boomer bus bus player, and that was uh, Kavaris Tears for me, and that applies as well. I think 
Um, just a, a question mark. Don't know if he's going to be that consistent threat uh, offensively. You know he's got a big arm in the outfield, is able to zip it back in. Um, but I think the biggest question mark would be the outfield. Max, uh, what's yours? Yeah, I think offensively that's probably the question. I also worry about, you know, uh, defensively with Christian Moore at shortstop. If that's where they choose to play him, I'm not sure if he's a, an SEC caliber shortstop defensively. Team USA had him playing in the outfield uh, over the summer, which kind of seems like a natural fit, but due to the roster, uh, kind of limited to the infield because uh, we need his bat in the lineup, and that's really the only way we can fit him in the lineup. Uh, so that's something that less on the offensive side of the ball, but just with the lineup construction that does worry me a little bit is how would he hold up at that position over a full course of a 60-plus game season. Um, offensively, I, I really can't find any weaknesses. Um, it, you know, you're kind of grasping at straws there, which is a great problem to have. Um, Kavar's tears is a guy that, you know, if he takes that step, then that fills that void, and I expect him to, but obviously he has a little bit of a question mark there in the outfield. And, and then I guess behind him, you mentioned Villanueva. He's a guy that put up outstanding numbers at the JUCO level last year, 28 home runs, which is, uh, you know, video game-like numbers in a college season. So my question with him is how much does that translate? Similar to Laurie, are those guys that can play at this level or are they, you know, beaten up on softer competition? If they can even, you know, 60% replicate what they were doing at the JUCO level, then there's really, you know, you're 10-11 deep then with this lineup. Yeah, a couple things for me. The first one is pitching depth uh, in terms of your bullpen. Uh, you just have several guys that we've never seen here before. Uh, and even with your third starter, we don't even know who that's going to be. We probably won't know until the lineup card comes out on Sunday morning before that game. So uh, for me, it's just what are you getting in A.J. Causey from Jacksonville State? What are you getting in Nate Sneed from Wichita State? How will those guys transfer to the SEC? Are there freshmen that can make the jump to the bullpen immediately? I mean, Matthew Dallas, we talked about him. Yes. Uh, we, talk, we did not talk about Dylan Loy in the bullpen as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do out of the pen, potentially maybe in his first year. Um, but just it's more as we turn over bullpen guys. I mean, you know you have Kirby Connell, mm -hmm. but I mean that's about it that we know that's returning. Mm -hmm. So what do you have coming out of the bullpen, especially with the departure of Chase Burns? What do you have in that spot? Uh, we'll have to find out. And the other one for me is A.J. Russell ready for the big stage. Uh, he had a great end of the year last year, a great fall. Uh, but is he ready to take on a big stage? And we're going to find out here about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but – you know, is he uh, is he ready to take that step to be your Friday night starter? Mm -hmm. uh, and then now we'll move over to who is this year's X factor in y'all's opinion. Max, we'll begin with you. You know, I think it's you can go one of two ways. I think either one is one of the transfers for me. Um, I think I'll, just for the the sake of this exercise, I'll go with Cannon Peebles. I mentioned how the catcher position last year was kind of a black hole offensively. I mean, yeah. you were lucky to get a one for four night from them. So now with the guy who's a, a difference maker at the plate. You might take a little bit of a step back defensively, but how much does his bat carry over from softer ACC pitching? If he can put an OPS north of 1,000, I mean, then you, you have a position where very few teams have elite offensive players. That's a, a trump card you have on other teams is, man, we got a catcher that, you know, plays defense and can rake. Those are hard to find at any level, let alone SEC baseball. Um, so that, to me, is the X factor. If he can carry over some of the production that he had at NC State last year, then this lineup will just, you know, you mentioned he'll probably be hitting in the five spot, and you got guys behind him then or, that are proven players that can play in the SEC. So he would just elevate that lineup to me and, and the lineup as a whole because of the position he plays. Well, I'll go the other direction, because I had them both written down. So I'll go with Billy Amick. Uh, 
mainly because he's replacing what's become a Knoxville folk hero in Zane Denton over at third base. So, you know, how does he live up to what fans expected? We expected yeah. all we all expected Denton to be back this year, uh, to to replace his bat, to replace his glove that was very good over there as well. Uh, I think he will, but again, it's the same problem I think as Peebles. Will he translate over from ACC pitching um, to play in the SEC? If he does, again, going to be a huge piece for Tennessee. I mean, a veteran guy, seen a lot of big games, a lot of run on the hot corner. Uh, I expect a lot out of him, and if he's going to be hitting the four spot especially, uh, he's going to make this lineup tick, so I'm looking forward to a lot out of him. Yeah, you you guys both had uh, both of mine. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but Peebles and Amick, I think, are both – um, you know, they, they transferred in for a reason. You brought them in for a reason. Um, you fill that the, the catcher role that last year was um, at times hard to watch, especially offensively. Um, and then Amick, as you said, filling a big spot in the infield. I think both these guys, if they're able to replicate the production and success they had at their previous spots, I think that Tennessee um, will, will benefit greatly if both of those guys can be uh, successful. When we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime. Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. Our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. When it's past high noon, it's time for a vodka soda made with a vodka you've actually heard of. I'm talking White Claw vodka soda made with White Claw premium vodka. J.B. Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. And you can too. Pick you up a bottle of the triple wave filtered vodka that's been distilled five times. White Claw Premium Vodka comes in four flavors. Black cherry, mango, pineapple, and just vodka. You haven't had vodka like this. No one has. White Claw Premium Vodka. Please drink responsibly. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz. A compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, the feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. 
Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSidingAndWindows.com. Back here on Overtime, time for our best bets of the night. Um, I'll begin with my first one. It's Villanova minus 9.5 tonight, taking on the Georgetown Hoyas. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Villanova versus Georgetown on a Friday night would have been a marquee matchup. Uh, now it's not. Uh, Georgetown has not even been remotely close to stealing wins in the Big East, aside from a buzzer beater they had against Xavier. Um, they've lost seven of their 12 conference losses by 13 or more points. Um, even playing at home has not helped them. Uh, Georgetown is just 2-5 and five as a home dog this season. Um, and Villanova, There's no home advantage when nobody goes. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that takes that out of the – throws that out the window. Yeah, to be blunt, yes. Uh, and this is a, a Villanova team that struggled at times this year, but when they hit their threes – um, this is a team that can really put a, put a team away. Uh, 16th in the nation in three-point rate, however, 120th in percentage. Um, so if they're able to get these threes going tonight, especially with there not being much of a, a home court advantage for Georgetown, I think they can win this, win, win this game by double digits. Villanova minus nine, gosh, Villanova minus nine and a half. Yeah, and that's a game they have to have. They're on, you know, yes, on the bubble too. Outside looking in right now. It can't lose a game to Georgetown, but – uh, Georgetown, side note, is one of the best names in college basketball. Supreme Cook is uh, one yes. of their leading scorers. Yes. Wow. Uh, great name. Um, my only play tonight is going to match in basketball. There you go. This game's actually on national television. Ohio-Toledo. Uh, Toledo minus 5.5 tonight against the Bobcats. They beat Ohio in Athens by double digits earlier this year back in January. And they just dropped a double overtime game at App State. They get six days to rest. App State is one of the best mid-major teams this year. They beat Auburn, actually. Um, so they proved that their you know, record wasn't a fluke. Uh, they're second in the MAC as well. This is a game that they got to have this keep pace in the conference standings. Ohio is a you know, solid team, uh, probably destined for like the CBI or CIT, whatever those uh, <laughs> third and fourth level tournaments are. But um, – you know, they lost at Arkansas State by 13 points, giving up 100 last weekend. Now they got to travel to Toledo, like I said, one of the better teams in the conference. Uh, just going off their previous matchup as well, where they beat them by double digits on the road. I, I think the Rockets take care of business here, minus 5.5. I'm swinging big going to the Saturday slate for both of my college basketball players right. tonight. Uh, we're going with Kansas, minus 1.5 at Oklahoma. They need this one bad. Uh, that was embarrassing to say the absolute least. Uh, that 29-point loss to Texas Tech yeah. the other night, really bad. They did not look good in that game. This is a bounce-back spot to beat all bounce-back spots. Uh, and for a team that needs to steady the ship, if I if I were to put money on any team to do that in the country, I think it mm-hmm. would probably be Kansas. Um, and so I like them minus one and a half on the road against an Oklahoma team that's good. Uh, but, again, just been shaky at times this year. I have my doubts about them. All right, my next one is uh, St. Louis plus five and a half tonight taking on VCU. Uh, this is not the best St. Louis team in the world, um, but they're laying five and a half at home. It's a little bit of an odd line considering they've only won eight games this year. Um, another good name, uh, Sincere Parker, uh, scored 33 <laughs> points go. in St. Louis's second conference win over LaSalle in just 18 minutes and 34 points against St. Joe's. Um, this is a team that 
Um, might not have the greatest record, um, but they're 120th in offensive efficiency. Uh, they just struggle on the defensive end. But the fact that you're laying five and a half here is an eight and 16 team taking on a, a team that's uh, 17 and nine. Um, a little bit of a sketchy line here. I'm going to side with the home team. Uh, give me the Billikens at five and a half. Great name. Yeah, I, I do have I was, two for tomorrow that oh, I'll yeah, just throw out. Nebraska minus seven and a half at home versus Penn State. Nebraska has been a, a home court hero. They they have really struggled on the road. Yes. Really, the only reason they're on the bubble, but beat Purdue by 16 at home. Uh, actually, all their conference wins except for one at home have been by eight or more points, and that includes wins over tournament caliber teams in Wisconsin and Purdue. So I like them minus seven and a half against the bottom of the Big Ten Penn State team. And then the the second bet for me tomorrow also will be uh, Mississippi State minus 12 and a half at home against Arkansas. Arkansas just Watching them that second half, their body language, et cetera, they have totally punted on this season. Now they got to go on the road uh, to a, a team in Mississippi State that needs this one to stay where they want to stay in the tournament at large field. So Mississippi State minus 12.5. I just think Arkansas is, you know, they're, they're ready to, to go to the pool and play golf, et cetera. They, they don't want to be playing <laughs> basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, Duke minus five and a half is my second one tomorrow at Florida State. Duke on three straight conference wins after that loss to North Carolina in a close game a couple weeks back at the beginning of the month. Florida State has not been good at all in ACC play. A really rough conference slate for them. They've lost three of their last four. Uh, Duke minus five and a half is not a, a terrible line on the road. I know it's tough to win on the road in college basketball, but uh, if you're a team like the Duke Blue Devils with all that they returned, shouldn't have a problem tomorrow covering five and a half. All right, uh, my next one. Queens, Queens money line taking on Jacksonville State tonight. Another interesting line uh, where you've got Jacksonville um, as the slightly better team at 13 and 13, taking on a 10 and 17 uh, Queens team. I'm taking the Royals, averaging 80.5 points per game this year, shooting at a 45% clip. Uh, like them at home tonight. Um, any more bets for you guys? I've no. got a couple more just really yeah, go, quickly. Go, yeah, go. I got a pair of NBA All Star Game player bets okay. for you guys right. for tomorrow right. night's uh, contest. First one is straight up, doesn't need to be parlayed, but it's Trey Young plus six hundred for the three point contest. Okay. Uh, third best odds of anyone in the field, and at plus six hundred, that's great value. I think he's shooting the best of any of them from three this year. Also has the most makes. I think he's third in the NBA and made three pointers uh, behind Curry and Luca. I believe last time I checked. Um, so I like Trey at plus six hundred. The second one, you could parlay this one just because of the odds on it, and it's McClung minus one ninety to win the dunk contest. Yeah. That's a sure one. Put it with Trey Young, maybe a couple other All Star bets, and, and parlay that. And I think that would. Uh, profit really nicely who's right. he playing for nowadays uh the magic, magic? Tenic- he's technically playing for the magic I think, I mean, yeah. he's playing for their uh g league team all right my last bet of the night um new mexico plus six this is a tough spot and on the road against san diego state but I, I think they're giving up too many points here especially um with the way new mexico attacks the rim 33rd in the nation in frequency of attacking the rim uh compared to the aztecs 346 points per possession at the rim defense. Um, It's a quick turnaround uh, for San Diego State coming off a a huge comeback on the road at Colorado State. Um, Lobos, big win, kind of a a fire drill as well. Uh, But considering that the Lobos beat them by 16, uh, laying five and a half here, six is too much. Give me New Mexico. Um, And that's going to wrap it up here for hour number one. We'll see you on the other side.